FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 42 of Podcast of Ghost Nick. I'm your host, Jason Minimal, joined once again by Denise Seibert. We also have a, a mini co-host that has been on every episode. Max, the dark master of destruction. Dog. <laughs> he really the, is a great dog. The keeper of no toys. And uh, backdoor scratches. Yes. Anyway, all right, so this episode we're going to look at uh, the first chunk of books, Wolverine related for July 2013. Ooh-hoo. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, here we go. Okay, first up we have Wolverine number six. And I have to say, I did throw my iPad. This is written by Paul Cornell, penciled by Mirko Pierre Federici. Good job. All right. <laughs> Inked by Tom Palmer, colors by Andre Mosa. The letterer is VC's Corey Pettit. And Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Jason Keith did the cover. So on the cover, we have Wolverine and his three agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he can actually trust fighting some giant octopuses. Octopuses. <laughs> Wolverine is chopping some up. We have a guy getting chunked by one. It looks like he has a Mac 10. I was telling Denise, it's been since the 90s that I've seen a steady flow of comic book Mac 10s. Back when the Punisher had them all the time. It was the gateway gun. Well, this one's a little bigger. It might be an Uzi. I, I can't tell. I thought those were outlawed. <laughs> you think S.H.I.E.L.D. cares about that? No. No. All right, so what do you think about this cover? I I kind of like it, sort of. Yeah, I think it's decent. It's good action. Uh, Davis does a good job with the art. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Ugh. Wolverine in Drowning Logan, part two of two. No James Bond um, cover page this time. No. So. All right, so where we left off, our mystery villains were drowning Wolverine in a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier under the Atlantic Ocean. And he has three agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he can trust, and he feels like this is how he's going to die. This is how he killed his son. So Wolverine is fighting for his breath and for his life. He goes, holding your breath for 15 minutes requires only that you, that you accept an enormous amount of pain. The pain of your lungs deflating. But finally, even someone familiar with the sort of pain only otherwise encountered with dying has to suck in a breath. And he does, and that's when he starts to drown. But the shield agents pull him up. And we get some nice, soft and wet Wolverine hair. If they knew there was air up above, why'd they stay down there for 15 minutes? 
Well, because the water rushed in. See, it's rushing against them. And I guess at some point it kind of... I don't really know. <laughs> Flaw. Maybe. So, uh, the lady shield agent gives Wolverine some tough love. Makes him mad. You call yourself an Avenger? Yeah, you get angry. Look only at me, amateur. You get angry at me, coward. And we get a snicked, the really ugly Wolverine face. I, I'm going to say now, you know, sometimes you get a new artist, and it's a change of pace, maybe it throws you for a loop, but it can grow on you. This hasn't grown on no, me. No, this, I feel like the art's actually worse this issue than it was in number five. I would agree with that one. It has all the things that are a little bit different, a little bit quirky, and none of the parts that were good. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, I really don't like being negative on creators, so I won't say too much else about it, but I won't say this is bad art, it's just, is. I feel like it's inconsistent. It's not my favorite art. Anyway, we get a snicked, and... That was the lady's plan all along. She wanted to make Wolverine. I actually kind of like this line. She says, we need the Wolverine. Do we have the Wolverine? Wolverine in a very, I don't really know why he's making this face. But he says, yeah. He hasn't had his morning cup of coffee. Well, he doesn't look like he's, he doesn't look like you would expect him to answer this question like, oh yeah, you got him. And it look either like really focused or maybe really pissed or something. I mean, how would you describe this facial expression? I think it's more he's still in shock and awe, but he's letting her know. Like, it, it's kind of like, okay, n- really bad example, but... And why? Okay, so if he's in shock, why is he... Well, because, okay. Why is he in shock? Really? He should be mad and focused. Yeah, but all right, really bad example. So and he remember, should have blue eyes. Just, <laughs> just saying. Remember when we went out on a date and we went to cross the street we had the little crossing the lady guy. tried to run us over in the crosswalk yeah. yeah. latest tried to run us over you made sure i got across but i was kind of in a state of shock and you asked me are you okay and it was like uh yeah because i knew i was okay i just couldn't verbalize 100 percent that i was pissed or that i was scared or whatever all i could get out was yeah so i kind of feel like that's what we're getting he's in that stuttered state that all he can get out is a yeah. Well, then I don't like that. I don't think I miss Wolverine. I think if you put this face on this panel over here when he first comes out of the water, I can handle that. That's fine. And we're, we're past shock at this point for Wolverine. Well, if you turn the page, you I think you get the face you're looking for. Yeah, it's a little closer. The, he looks like a troll. <laughs> I don't understand what this guy's trying to do with Wolverine. He looks like an old man troll. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so Wolverine, he's figuring it out. That was them testing him, and they got to figure out where to go. He goes, that was my hamster wheel. All right, so then we get something I kind of like. We have modified shield agents that have been... Guild? Yes, they've been given guilds so they can fight the Atlanteans underwater. And I like how uh, the control Nick Fury, these guys compare Wolverine to Bigfoot. Like, very similar to your species, yet very unique and very different. One of a kind, like Bigfoot. <laughs> Midgetfoot. Yeah. It's yeah. more like it. So anyway, actually, I like the modified underwater shield agents, and they attack Wolverine and the other shield agents and start killing them. The lady shield agent fires her non-lethal gun at them, and then uh, Wolverine starts kind of going to town and choking them out. And, oh, one of the guys, one of the shield agents that was on Wolverine's side got his air pipe cut. So now he's going to be taken over. 
Where? Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. Uh, back here. I missed that the first time I read it, so I was really confused why he switched over. Yeah, yeah the guy threw the trigon. Is that what that's called? I, tr- I thought it's a trident. Trident, yes. And it cuts through his air hose. And so now he's he's taken over. And then, oh, Wolverine's... All right, so we get a revelation. Wolverine says, okay, so you leave when they're knocked out. Keep that in mind. Your control spreads in the air. Keep that in mind. You can use the normal voices of the people you take over. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> but do you feel their pain? And he almost breaks the guy's arm. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, we we feel it. And all, all the time we're inside individuals. Is that why you don't want to be inside me? Wolverine asks. Because I got my share of that. And he says, we would take on that burden. But the pain you carry is part of what makes you such a beautiful piece of art. And Wolverine's like, art? And they're like, yes, a biology like us. And Wolverine basically tells them, there's nothing you can do to make me be on your side if that's what you're going for. And he says, now leave us alone. The grown-ups need to talk in private. And he knocks the guy out. And I'm guessing, it doesn't show it, but I'm guessing she's holding the trident in the air and she's going to break the video screen. Yeah, I kind of got that too. Okay. Because they make reference to they need to talk in private. So right. she breaks the screen so uh, Fury can't. Okay. Now, I'm not privy to S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. But we make a, a little leap in logic I'm not sure I quite follow. Wolverine has a plan. Because when he came on board, he heard announcements. Probably something there, a loop they were playing back. Right. It said about a peacekeeping mission. You guys visit other dimensions from this helicarrier? When did that happen? When he first came on the helicarrier. They, okay, but they it were, doesn't actually happen in the... In the comic, it's in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're announcing things over the loudspeaker. Wolverine even makes a comment. They're like, they're probably just doing that to make the ship sound normal. Now I remember it. Why is he, I'm not sure why he suddenly just assumes they're going to have portals to another dimension. Okay, but. But she says from the exploratory hub, so maybe every helicarrier has one. So, okay, that's fine. Anyway, he asked if any of those got exits elsewhere. So in other words, can we go from your base into another dimension and then come out somewhere else on our planet? And she's like, yeah, the microverse. That could actually work. <laughs> on record, I don't like the microverse. So you, Is this the first time we're ever hearing of the microverse or has it appeared in other? In this comic. No, I'm talking started. about... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Microverse has been around forever. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan of it. But there are three entrances in New York. Of course there are. So uh, Wolverine says, but you probably want to go save your partner. And she basically kind of makes the mature, like, leader move. Like, no, if we save everybody, we save him too. Right. And we keep hoping. All right, so they find an entrance to the microverse. And, um... They have a bonding moment over dating uh, people with mental powers. And she's showing her cleavage. Oh, yeah, she did that in Zipper suit a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> nice. Um, and who do you date, Zip? Right. Wolverine says, so your partner's a telepath. Why are you asking? I'm oh, sorry, you should do the, the female voice. All right, so okay. I'll do Wolverine and you do the uh, agent. Okay. So your partner's a telepath. Why are you asking? I was... Close to a telepath. So you know how good it can be. (laughs) Yeah, and how bad. When he's away, he checks in with me. Now, he isn't. I guess this thing doesn't know how to use telepathy. Thank God. She's one of the people I think of to get me through. We get out of this, we double date. Well, 
Not with her and me, because she's... Wait, no, what's the Waynesboro sound? <laughs> they shoot into the microverse before he can tell her that Jean Grey is dead. Oops. Oops. So now we see some more floating guns inside the microverse. Only... All right, here's... This is what I was really complaining about. These guys knew that Wolverine would come to this place in the microverse. Maybe they wanted him to. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm so annoyed with this part of the story right now. How they can trigger... No, they don't know. There's no way they can predict that Wolverine would come here. No. Now, granted, the best I can figure out from their origin, these creatures are from the microverse, right? Right. That's what you got, right? That's what I got. So they would be there, but why would they... I mean, I guess... Why didn't S.H.I.E.L.D. know this? If S.H.I.E.L.D. had a way to get there, right. why didn't S.H.I.E.L.D. the minute they saw the gun, and, oh, damn. And this is their way into our universe. S.H.I.E.L.D. It, effed up. Well, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I guess, okay, so looking back, because you had a theory that maybe the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents were taking over the whole time. Right. This, this, all right, well, this actually backs that up then. Because my question was going to be, if their portal is to the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, why did they start off with the dad in the mall? Well, maybe they didn't. I don't think they did. Maybe they had S.H.I.E.L.D. the whole time. Because remember, I also said, why did Fury just show up? He wasn't invited. Okay. But then why, if these guys are trying to take over our world, which they are. They are. Then why not just use S.H.I.E.L.D. from the get-go and not mess with the guy at the mall, right? Yeah, but they say in here that they just want to take over everybody. Yeah. Like, they basically want to populate our planet. Right. But if you come in through the gateway, enter our dimension, and you start taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. agents right away, you're ready to take over the world. Well, okay, and not to kind of jump ahead, but on the next page, it shows them taking over the dad, as if the dad was the first. Anyway, so I find out the gun was a spaceship for these micro people, these micro aliens with this guy's art does play to the strength of these aliens look really gross. Yeah. And he draws them really well. With their little tusk and their tongues and their tentacles and their eyes. And um, he wants to ensure Wolverine he means them no harm. All right, so we get the origin of these creatures. They were made to be weapons, just like Wolverine. We were created in the body banks of a mad geneticist. But we escaped, mutated, evolved a group mind, were persecuted and hunted. We realized the microverse was limited, so we sent scouts to higher dimensions. And we found something we didn't initially understand. They tried to take control of people, like the guy, the dad from the mall, like it was a ship. But no, it's intelligent. Our mind-sharing ability meant we could control your individuals. So we had found our escape, a whole world that could be ours, without any need for... Okay, this, this backs it up. Yeah. Without any need for the violence. We can conquer through infestation, through the dust of the infected, blown in the wind. So they're not actually... Okay, I missed this when I read it the first time. So they're not actually airborne. They're, they're, they're flying. In the sense that they can't move through the air. No, they have to sort of sit on something and have it fly. So the dust, which we all know, if you've ever seen, was it Men of Honor? Dust and pollen. It talks about how dust is just dead skin cells. And it, yeah. Every time you walk into a dusty house, it's just a bunch of dead people. Well, <laughs> yeah. But we also think about how many times you touch. Like, let's right. say you 
every time you go to the bathroom, you're touching the faucet so they can just sit there and wait for the next person to come wash their hands. Right. So they take control through contact. So it is another misunderstood alien race. They're here to bring peace by conquering us. That's right. Peace, love, and infestation. (laughs) I like Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I like how Wolverine says, this is what I was finding? Because that was my thought exactly. I was like, really? This? This is what we've been building up to? Actually, so (laughs) my thought was when I got to this part was, that's all you got? You went through this long, complex, like, people being shot at, people, you know, dying, and it's just a bunch of germs. Right. And so the guy basically says that they love Wolverine the most of all the superheroes. Weird. So, well, I have that in common with the aliens. He's my favorite superhero, too. You don't want to infest him. Mm. We're Mm. calling off the wedding. All right, so Wolverine says something very Wolverine and rushes into action. He says, pal, you made a big mistake here. You finally showed yourselves to be something I can kill. But he gets wrapped up in tentacles. And, but the shield agent finds a way to send them back into normal space. Of course she does. Well, no, they're not in normal space. Where are they? But why is, it shows the ship growing. Well, no, and then they, they come out into something. the helicarrier. Okay. I don't understand why the ship grows, but then they're just inside the helicarrier on the bridge. Like, where did the ship go? I'm really this confused. Because yeah. they weren't even inside the ship. They're floating around outside fighting this alien. Well, then they bust into it. No, and they don't. Yeah, do they, they do right here. Like, they, they bust through this little yellow oh. thing. Okay, they do. And then the ship grows. So they're full size. So by that thing the ship should be full size right um, or do they jump out of the ship and so maybe the gun's laying around on the floor gun size awesome. i'll buy that that's possible okay so then nick fury says we lost them they're somewhere in the microverse look behind but you now they're in the, <laughs> but now they're in this world if he won't obey we should just kill him and wolverine says hey kid thank me later you you had your chance for us to preserve you we said we could hurt you now we're going to trigger Supposed to be a big revelation. Then 30 minutes later, they're all in the shield helicarrier. Wolverine's talking to Nick Fury Jr. But something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Wolverine looks like he's got the plague. Yeah, he sees that Agent McDougal lost her partner. And Wolverine says he was expecting the watcher to reappear. Anyway, he collapses and he's throwing, he's spitting up blood. Nick Fury says, I'm calling a medic. Wolverine says he's very used to pain, but this isn't pain. Something's very wrong. He says, this process, they said, they triggered it. They're inside me. I can feel them changing me. I'm not healing. Why? Why aren't I? Why aren't I healing? And he blacks out. Okay. Um, Wolverine number six. There it is. That was it. All our questions were answered. No. Yeah. No. No, so, they weren't. Can I just say that this this issue flipping made me mad. I didn't like it very much, but I don't know if it really made me mad. I um, threw the iPad. <laughs> and when I was done reading it, I closed my little cover and I threw it at the end of the bed so it would land softly. <laughs> but I threw it. All right, I have a whole lot of questions for this book that gave us all the answers. So they leave when they get knocked out. How? Uh, yeah. And where do they go? And they float off somewhere else because I they thought... They crawl out of your nose and wait for a particle of dust. Oh, I don't... I don't you don't have to breathe them in. They can go in your ear. Yep. And your go nose. up your butt. 
Okay. Think up your hoo-ha. I mean. So these shield agents that were wearing the the oxygen tanks, why does that why does that help anything at all? Because their ears were exposed. Yeah, and their butt wasn't exposed, <laughs> but you know, whatever. We don't know it was a full rubber. And suit. really, it's the microverse. Why can't they just crawl in our pores? Oh, good call. So they're not airborne in the sense that they have to be breathed. And they even say they travel on the dust, so on the dead skin cells and stuff in the air. So they're not actually, I don't, I just, I don't understand. I don't Can know. their ship not enter people? And they have to no, the ships, but, okay, crawl so in individually? Here's my theory on the ships, because the ship is the gun. So is that, but it's I no smaller they, than that. Well, it's no, in the microverse. No, hang on. So the ship is, if you... Okay. Right, no, you're right. All right. So the, the ship is the size of a gun. That's its right. actual size. Yeah. And the people that inhabit the ship... Are like little germs. Right. Okay. And so that's why the gun... They can't fly into anybody in the ship. So they can't fly. No, they They can, do have to move through things. They, they can open a ship hatch and... And jump onto somebody. And jump onto the somebody. Because the guy found his gun... Yeah. I still don't understand why they poured it out somewhere that wasn't the shield held carrier. But people, I mean, there's well, other interests okay, to the microverse on. and the Marvel universe. And they do state in this book that there are three portals in New Just York in City. New York, right. Okay. So I, I get that one. Okay. So I guess when they took Wolverine to the helicarrier, that's why they heavily guarded that particular portal. I'm guessing so. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. No. I, that part makes sense. I understand that. I get behind that. I still don't understand why they can't just crawl in our ears. <laughs> so, um, but for whatever reason, they can't. So they take over people with a hive mind. So where do they go, though, when the people get knocked out? They crawl out your nose. <laughs> but go where? They go back to the microverse? No, they, they catch the next particle of dust. And hope to... So, all right, so why is Wolverine... Why are we assuming then 30 minutes later that everybody's safe? Well, I want to know what happened. I that... mean, maybe they closed the portal, fine. But there's got to be all these germs still flying around or crawling around or whatever. Sure, you can knock them out and they leave, but they go somewhere else, right? I mean, obviously they did because when he knocked out the dad and went to the kid. So let's say, that, let's say Wolverine knocks out every agent on the helicarrier. The germs still go, even if they leave, they still go somewhere. So why are we just all hunky-dory like, oh, mission accomplished. And 30 minutes later, everything's fine. Well, and, and then it's not fine because they obviously all went into Wolverine. Well, not only did they all go into Wolverine, but Wolverine, okay. Oh, this book has so many. Oh, okay, so, you know, he punches Fury. Right. Okay, well, if you look at Wolverine, he looks completely fine. But when you look at him sitting on the helipad, he looks like he has the plague. He looks like something is eating him from the inside out. And that should be. Because if he loses his healing factor, and this is kind of Wolverine lore, if he loses his healing factor, that's what's keeping the adamantium bones from poisoning him and giving him like a kind of radiation-based cancer. Okay. So if his healing factor is lost... His body should kind of eat him from the inside out. Okay. Right? I'll buy that one. So that, that part makes sense. Now, why Nick Fury doesn't say anything like, do you look like hell? <laughs> or gee, in the last 30 minutes, you look like you right. look weird crap all over your face. Right. I, oh, I just... 
I don't understand. Wolverine all along has been moving on the theory that he was inhaling these things, but his healing factor was kicking them out. Right. Which makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. Even if they just crawl inside somebody and take over their mind and they're not infecting, they're infestating or whatever, I still feel like Wolverine's healing factor, since they're microscopic, would fight them like a germ and destroy them. Yeah, I would think so too, but then they also, they state, uh, what did what well, they, they say? say? They trigger a process, but We're I call BS. Trigger. I, I don't think they can't, I don't think they have the ability to trigger anything. Yeah. I'm going to hold out for issue seven and then give Cornell a chance to explain this. But I don't feel like these things can crawl into Wolverine and then his white blood cells won't kick their ass. Yeah. I, I'm glad you're holding out for seven. I'm going to give it a try. I, I, you know, and I also don't understand. I just, I don't believe if their power is to crawl on people and take over their minds. I don't understand. I mean, what are they using to change Wolverine's DNA? Well, okay, all I can hope for... Do they have, like, little hammers? Are they actually, like, tearing apart the the genetic strands uh, with their tentacles? Tentacles and and 400 eyes and tusks. So maybe they are completely... I mean, are they actually, like, eating his chromosomes? Possibly. I I just, I I don't buy it. That's a far-fetch, though. I'm not buying it. Well, okay, here's my deal. So if these things, their whole point is to take over people so that they have a world to be peaceful in. Yes. So who the freak cares about Wolverine? Just infest everybody and Wolverine's well, were, odd man out. Not like he can do anything. He's not going to. They were fascinated and they knew he would. I think they would have left him alone and he tried to stop him. Yeah, but you would think something so microbial if they just kept their mouth shut. They just moved on. Well, that, 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 okay, so that begs another question. And they just want to take over people. And they said they're trying to preserve humankind. And they only kill people when they have to. And why was freaking dad from issue one shooting everybody? Yeah, that's my other flaw with it. That and they were going to take out an entire stadium of people. That's what? A good 10,000 No, they were going to infect an entire stadium of people. No, they were throwing the plane straight at Wrigley Field. Right, it was going to blow up and release the little... Beast everywhere. And they're going to kill 10,000? Maybe, but there's still half. It maybe kills half the stadium. You still get the rest of the stadium to take over. Plus oh all that goodness. debris you get to fly on so you can touch people. So is that why they killed the homeless guy? <laughs> they didn't want to infest <laughs> him? Uh, they, they killed the homeless guy. They got in there and took over his mind and said, this guy makes and bottles piss? I'm out of here. <laughs> kill him. I, I, oh. I just, I don't know. I mean, I love Wolverine. And you know, the thing is, See, this is where I feel like there's a very, I'm very conflicted on this story. Because I feel like the dialogue is still really good. And I feel like Cornell is nailing Wolverine as a character. I'll, I'll agree with that one. And I even feel like the story beats in and of itself, like he tells the story in an interesting way. I just can't get past all the way it doesn't make sense. I can't get past how freaking slow it is. I don't, I don't even mind the slow part. I'm okay with that. I'm not. Well, obviously. <laughs> I'm literally like, no joke. Th- this was my thought pattern after I threw the iPad. Um, yay, you told me about the gun, uh, but uh, the incubator, the guy's bleeding into it. The incubator is still left hanging. That's still... Why, why is it hunting season? Because we're obviously not no, we're, being hunted. We're done with hunting season. 
Yeah, but it's stupid. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. So, and the whole monologuing of the guy talking about the hundred years of blah blah blah. Well, I'm ignoring that. I, I. So just, anyway, my conflict is, I think Cornell is a good writer. His stuff in DC that he wrote, I really enjoyed. He did a lot of cool stuff with Superman and Lex Luthor that I thought was great. So I know he has it in him. And you're a butt. I'm just, I'm having trouble getting into this story. A. He's already got a strike because when he finally explains it, he explains it with something I don't like. I don't like the microverse. So I, I admittedly... You were immediately turned off. Well, no, but I will admit a bias on my half against that whole universe. So... Were you infected? Is that why you're so... No, I just... I, I never liked like the Micronauts, which were a really big deal in the 80s. I just... I'm, I don't like when guys go... I don't know. I've just never been... It's because you're infected. I'm infected. I'm just trying to throw you off the trail. No, I'm just, I've never really enjoyed a good microverse story. It just hasn't been my cup of tea. All right, I'll dig it. So, anyway, I don't know. I just, I want to like this, but the art didn't really do anything for me. I just, I don't. The story is just, it's too confusing. There's too many things. And I you know, agree. The, and we've had in, in, in hero history a plethora of what I will call the quote-unquote depowered hero story. Where for whatever reason, heroes... The kryptonite, the... Lo- well, heroes lose their powers yeah. sometimes for an issue, sometimes for a long time. And, you know, honestly, depending on the writer, some of those stories are really good, and some of them are piss poor. And, Piss. And that just Lord. goes with the writer, and that's fine. I just, I don't, he's got a lot of explanations to do, Cornell does, into how these things are able to take away Wolverine's power. And something and as he simple talks as them about, just, like, chewing on his muscles right. isn't going to cut it. No. And I've been holding this, because even though we spoil things on an issue-by-issue issue basis, I try not to spoil things way ahead of time. So... Cornell and other Marvel people a while back have talked about this this next story that's coming up called Wolverine Killable, where like he doesn't have his healing factor, okay. which is kind of what the last page of the story talks about. Yeah. So I'm not spoiling that too much. But Marvel's been talking about that for a while and talking about how it's going to have wide-reaching effects for like, not just in this series, but for Wolverine and other books too. So what, they're going to, he'll still have his claws, but just take away his healing Yeah, factor? we won't be able to use them. Cause it's, remember from the first X-Men movie, it hurts when he pops them. And plus his hand has to heal. Which, not to give away, but the next cover has his fist wrapped in bandages and he's seen blood from where his claws come out. Right. But see, the thing is, Wolverine without his healing factor can't really... Like the point he can't of, function. Well, the point of all the quote-unquote depowered hero stories is that you get to the base of the character and you show, like, Superman or the X-Men or whatever that it's their character that makes them heroes. So even when they lose their powers, they find a way... To be heroic. To still be heroic and still save the day using their smarts or their character or whatever. But the thing about Wolverine... With the adamantium, he loses his healing factor. He starts to die. And I don't really see how he can function dying as a hero. Particularly, like, you have a little story in this in this comic. And you do a few issues, and he finds a way to kind of overcome it. And he gets them back and starts healing himself. That's fine. But if the indication is that he's this is far-reaching and... He loses his healing factor for a long time. He just, he can't survive that. Yeah, there's a big Unless, I mean, we've had a, a, a part in the past 
where Magneto very painfully stripped out all his adamantium. And so, if you go back to the bone claws, then yes, he can survive without a healing factor. But as long as the adamantium's there, he's going to slowly die from adamantium poisoning. We have seen that in the past before, where he's lost his healing factor just for an issue or two, and it almost killed him. Now, I will say, I feel, I, I'm a big Wolverine fan, I love Wolverine, I do feel like his healing factor over the last several years has gotten a little bit out of control. He is kind of... In fact, in the fact that sometimes it's too fast. Yeah. They always play fast and loose with how fast he can heal. But also, you might remember there was a time, it was actually a good story, but I never really liked it, where Wolverine was burned, like vaporized down to his adamantium skeleton and still came back. Which I think that's a little extreme. So... I will go on record as saying I'm okay with them scaling his healing factor back. I'm even okay with saying you can kill him. If you, if you shoot him through the heart and you want to say that kills him, it just happened to Scarlet Spider and he didn't die, like literally last month. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to scale back his factor to where there are ways to kill him, you know, if you cut off his head and just slice right between the vertebrae and he doesn't come back from that, I'm okay. <laughs> Make his healing factor weaker, groovy. No healing factor, no. And honestly, also, if this dumb story is the way his healing factor gets scaled back, I don't like that. I want a better story if he's going <laughs> to lose his healing factor. And right now, I'm not getting it. So, all right, enough ranting and raving. I just... Yeah, you just went on a 10-minute rant. I think I'm the one that's more pissed off about this than you are. Yeah. So anyway, I, I feel bad because I like Cornell as a writer. I want to support him. I just don't... I don't know where he's going, and unless he really turns this around, I'm not on board right now. So I'm going to give Wolverine number six one out of three claws. Is that which your first I, one ever? Uh, probably for a Wolverine book. I don't know. I was going to say... I don't give them very often, but I really didn't like this issue. I'm going to hold out faith because I, I like Cornell that he can still turn this story around and, and bring me back in. Because it started off really good. Uh-huh. No, I, I gave number one three out of three claws. I know you did. I don't remember what I gave number two, but it was another very high mark. And I don't know. I, I felt like it started off good and just kind of kept kind of going downhill. And now we're at the bottom of the hill. I hope. <laughs> good, good grief. I hope number seven is not even worse. But um, anyway, that's that's my rating. Wolverine number six, one out of three claws. What do you got? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'll try to keep my rant short and under 10 minutes. I'll try yeah. to keep it under a minute. Well, unless you're going to say something different, just give your grade. <laughs> Um, so my biggest issue with this is I know, okay, so for those of you out there, when Jason told me, hey, by the way, the digital copies on the iPad, my first question is, is it going to piss me off? And your answer was, it actually answers some questions. It does answer them. No. It does. No. It's just not good answers. There, no. I don't really like the answers, but they're there. No. We figure out who they are and how they travel. He just doesn't follow his own rules. <laughs> yeah. So again, it doesn't answer it. I, okay, I guess theoretically it doesn't. Theoretically, it doesn't really answer it. It throws an answer at you and re- hopes that it sticks. It does kind of fling these ugly creatures against the wall, 
Yes. And it doesn't really stick. Yes. Right. It doesn't talk about the incubator. It doesn't talk about the thing in his arm. It doesn't talk about the people bleeding into it. There's a whole... Well, that's still coming. I'm okay with that. I'm not. I know, because you want everything to be answered every issue. I don't want it to be answered every <laughs> issue, but quite honestly, you got to give me a cookie. And this was not a big enough cookie because the cookie was stale and rotten. They found, <laughs> you found out about the gun and what they looked like. That's two reveals in a series that's given us almost none for six And I issues. will say, I was right about the gun. I called it. Yeah, you were. Okay. All right. So that all aside, I... Oh, this this one just frustrated me. In fact, the only saving grace that's going to make me read number seven is the preview to. to the cover. The, the issue, the cover number seven. We'll talk about it when we get there, but it's a really, really sweet cover. It is, and that is the only. That is literally the only thing that's making me want to read number seven. Okay, making you want to. I will make you read it, though. Yeah, you will make me read it for the... the your adoring fans will insist on hearing adoring your opinion. My adoring fans. Do I really have fans? I think so, yeah. You think so? Yeah. If I have a fan out there, will you at least please tell me? <laughs> anyway, so my rating, and I know you're not going to like it, and I know you're going to tell me I can't do it, but I'm doing it. No. It's getting one middle finger claw. All right, one or zero. I know you're not going to give it anything higher than a one. It's a middle finger. No, it's not. What are you? Yes, no. it is a middle finger. No, 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 no. <laughs> Rate the it book. Is a, it is. Rate I'm the giving book, it, damn it. I'm giving it a claw. It just happens to be the middle finger. Okay, so one claw. So we both give Wolverine number middle six. Middle finger claw. One out of three claws. Okay, so next up we have Savage Wolverine number seven. It's written by Zeb Wells. Art by Joe Maggeria, I think. Joe Mad. Colors by Peter Stegerwald. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit and Joe Mad and Stegerwald did the cover. And it's a nice cover. You didn't like it as much, but I thought it was really cool. Okay, let's back up. It's not that I didn't like it. I didn't like it on the iPad. No. I like it on the paper comic. Okay. I think it looks great. I think it looks like Wolverine's like in the middle of a fire. And he's got a ninja throwing star sticking in his shoulder and his forehead. And he's wrapped up in chains. He's even got a chain like through his mouth. Well, he's biting through it. And I like how the fins on his cow are all like beaten shit. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. It's a good Joe Mag cover. I like it a lot. All right, so where we left off, Electra had recruited Wolverine to help her recover Bullseye's missing body for the Kingpin. And Wolverine has mixed feelings about his new mission. That's kind of where we start off. Wolverine talking about his mixed feelings as they're... um. Taking a helicopter into New York to the drop zone. He talks about how he just, he's not too sure about this. He's not his normal gung-ho ninja killing self. I really like this panel of him pulling his cowl on. It looks really awesome. I really like, like that stretching one. stretching it over yeah. his face. Yeah, I think it's because it gives a very um, slightly human side yeah. that, that he does have two lives. One is Logan and one is Wolverine. Right. I don't know, it just looks like the preparation for battle. It just yes. looks really cool. I gotta say, the old, <laughs> my only little nitpick about the art in the old book is also on this page, though. Is it, it looks, Electra and her, like, weird hips? No, I actually didn't really notice that that much. 
It's uh, Wolverine kind of always has big forearms, but his forearm in this one picture is like disproportionately big, even compared to like how he is in the rest of the comic. So it's not like a stylistic thing. It's just, I don't know, just for whatever reason, in this one drawing that is otherwise very, very cool, he just has a really ginormous forearm. Yeah, that didn't bother me. Well, that doesn't like bother me. I still like the panel. And in fact, I think it's kind it stuck of... Out to me. Oddly in proportion to his kneecaps. <laughs> okay. So Electra and Wolverine jump out of the helicopter in a very awesome panel. Whee! Looks really cool. Just say this up front. The art and the colors are both really, really good. So a <gasps> nice uh, Majoria Stegerwald combo. Okay, so I just noticed something okay. that I just completely fell in love with on that page. Now wait. Okay. Oh wait a minute. Sorry. Hey, As I'm, bend my... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bending the comic and I'm getting chastised for yes, it. Yes, you are. Okay, so you can't really tell on the paper comic, but you can tell on the iPad. His cowl is slightly transparent. That's weird. I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> it I thought, looks kind of cool, cool, but I don't know if it really fits his costume. I don't know how they draw these, if they do them all on the computer or, or whatnot, but I don't know. I just realized I could see his muscles through his fins. Yeah, and really where you can tell is where it's, the, it's in front of the backdrop of the building. Yes. Now, on the, the paper comic, it's kind of hard to see. Right. But on the iPad, you can, you can see it. I think it's kind of cool, but yeah. I don't know if I think it's kind of cool because I just noticed it. <laughs> right. I don't know. Let me marinate on it. Okay. Either way, I think it's an awesome panel. And the the art team, both uh, the pencils and the colors, very, very cool in this book. So Wolverine lands on the roof with Elektra. And they're going to fight some ninjas. And the ninjas are talking smack. We get a lot of some red hand ninjas. I like the, the different shadows and shading on this page. It looks really cool. And one of the ninjas is running his mouth, and Electra just gives him a sigh through the head. And I really like this. She gives a little, like, come here with her fingers, and it's like, time is short. Come to me. So she's just like, all right, bring it on. Like, just really badass. It's I, really cool. So I know I don't know a whole lot about Electra, but overall, I don't really like her character. Oh, really? Partially because of her clothing. <laughs> but I did like this line. I thought it was pretty sweet, yeah. So then Electra uh, goes to town. <laughs> we get a panel where she completely breaks a guy's neck, turns his head all the way around. That's got to hurt. Ow. Even for an undead ninja. Oh, so they're undead? Well, I don't know if these are or not. Sometimes the hand has the ability, obviously, to reanimate corpses. And so they'll often have an army of undead ninjas. But they also have regular ninjas too so i don't i don't guess we really know what's what all the so time so instead of whoa it's more like <laughs> maybe yeah so then we get something interesting that might kind of feel like this might be a little bit of a new take on wolverine and so what do you mean well he talks about this this line here where he's in a very artistically beautiful panel where he's fighting the ninjas oh and he's talking, talking about, about electra and just ready to get get it over get in there and start killing people and get done and it says, me? It takes a while to get warmed up. And then this sentence, a little conflicted, but I think the more I think on it, I don't know. Well, let's just, we'll read it here. It says, truth is, I ain't much good in a fight. Not at first. Which is not very Wolverine, but then when I think about it, it kind of 
is it is Wolverine. Wolverine. I don't know. It's like I understand the emotional like what he's going for, and I kind of like that part. Like as far as um, like he, you know, I don't. He haven't, we haven't really done anything on the podcast and the flashback yet. We haven't got there in his history. I don't know if you and I have talked about it or not. But Wolverine kind of has this period, and you know, he's kind of like the man with the instincts. And the ferocity of an animal, but the honor of a samurai. He even has like a period, and then he went to Japan and studied to be a samurai to kind of have honor to balance out his ferocity. Okay. And so there's the aspect of that, of this, that I really like, and it appeals to the part of him that really would rather be peaceful. Like he always finds himself in all these super violent situations, but if he had his druthers, he would be off somewhere peace, by himself, peaceful, you know, meditating, blah, blah, blah. So that part of this I like because it kind of points to that. that I thought it, it just meant he needed his morning cup of coffee. <laughs> well, see, but that if that's what it means, I don't like it because Wolverine's the best he is at what he does. And I don't think physically he needs to, like, get up for a fight. Like, he's ready to kick ass from the drop of a hat. Yeah, but... Physically. But the emotional aspect, I like. And to me, that kind of plays with the conflict. And that's kind of, to me, like, the big appeal of Wolverine as a character. See, I I guess him saying that and being the physical side just goes more towards that he is... I mean, he's very much human. Right. He's human with a burden, you know, like, yeah, and I, I think don't... that's why he appeals to so many people because we all have that yeah. to a degree. It may not be the same thing, and obviously it's not to this And maybe that's why I can't level. get into the electric girl. Because you don't know her motivation or background. Yeah, I feel like she's just, she's the well, ice princess. Well, when she, she was dead and raised by the hand and controlled by her, and she recently, or not recently, a little while back, broke free of their control. So... And she is. She's kind of a stone-cold killer. That's kind of her thing. Anyway, it uh, talks about how he takes a few hits and then something in me starts waking up. I really like the color on this panel here. With Wolverine and the ninjas all in red silhouette. Yep. Um, it's very cool. And Wolverine talks about how he gets so mad his vision goes blurry. And then we get kind of a, a, a mini shot of the cover here. And he goes... I fought it back before, held it at bay. Can count the times on one hand. Does that one I'm not sure about either, because that makes it feel like he doesn't. He hardly ever his. can control it. Like he just gives into it all the time, and it's not really. I think there's been lots of times where he's held back in the comics before. So anyway, I like how the coloring gets real red and shows that he's about to just kind of flip into berserker mode. And then we turn the page and we get a full page splash, and he does. And we get a, the Joe Mad Wolverine how where he gets a really giant mouth. I like it. It's a stylistic choice. Well, and I think... It's not very realistic, but it's really cool. No, but I think it helps show in the moment that he's getting into his berserker rage. Yeah, yeah. I really dig it. And he, uh, I like when he cuts through swords and you see like the chunks. I, really, I think it's really cool. Well, and you got the little ninja people. Like they have their hoods are shredded. Right, yeah. So Wolverine's going hog wild. I like how he even puts one in a headlock. Oh, yeah. 
Then we see the uh, the ninjas that are challenging Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, to regain control of the hand. They call it on these guys called the Arbiters. They're watching on the, their security cameras as Wolverine opens up a can of whoop-ass on their ninjas. And um, they're worried that uh, Wolverine and Electra are going to interrupt the ceremony. And the other guy asks, how many of our ninja will you throw away at the whim of this little man? And talking about the Arbiter, not Wolverine. So of our two little man choices as uh, the Arbiter he's talking about. Oh, I read that wrong. Oh, yeah, because he's the one that's like, this is our plan to give you back the hand or whatever. And he's kind of running the show and bossing these guys around. And he goes, whatever is asked of us by the Arbiters will be given. I would sacrifice all of our ninja to see Fisk cede the hand to me. That your brother was among the fallen should be of no concern to you. He basically says, I'm your family now. Yes, Zero. (laughs) It's funny that his name is Zero. (laughs) I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that. (laughs) Kind of silly. So anyway, uh, he says, he kind of leads him to watch the security camera. And Wolverine, we see him. And I like the little grain on the, the camera. That looks cool. Yeah. Well, it very much makes you feel like you're watching something. Right. So Wolverine's got the last surviving ninja by the uh, shirt. He says, you going to open that door for us, bub, or you want me to pop these claws? Pop them, pop them. <laughs> yeah. And then the guy pushes a button and opens the door for him from the inside. And Wolverine's like, how did... <laughs> He's confused. Like, what just happened? Then we get a caption below. And we have the armature, and we have a mummy. <laughs> no, but we have a cadaver wrapped in a mummy cloth. We have a bunch of hand ninjas about to do this ceremony. And then for whatever reason, one of the ninjas snaps out of the spell as all the other ninjas are stabbing themselves. I really kind of feel like they did this just so we could see the faceless girl's power. Like, I don't, I don't really, can't think of really like a reason why all of a sudden all the ninjas are killing themselves. And one of them was like, oh, wait. I knew what we were doing, but I changed my mind. I can't do it anymore. He chickened out. Yeah, he chickened out. And so we find out that the girl's name is Genjin, the faceless, and she takes off her mask, and we don't see it, but it glow- her face glows from the other side. Kind of reminded me of the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I thought she just had stinky breath. Oh, and that too, yeah. And anyway... When the guy looks at her face, he says, I am nothing. And he decides to go ahead and kill himself with a nice shock. I like the colors in that one again, too. Try not to be too repetitive. Colors are really good in this book. We see Wolverine and Electra running through a tunnel. I like how the elevator goes down to like this ancient tunnel. <laughs> but, um, but it's a modern elevator. And Wolverine says, finished off 19 of them up there. Don't know why I counted this time. Then we get a nice panel of Wolverine smelling the air. And this is a really cool line. He says, smelling death, hearing movement, should never be coming from the same place. I did really like that line. Yeah, it was really cool. So then we get a, a big shadow on the wall. We get a voice that says, shh. I really like the letter job here. You commented on that last issue, but mm-hmm. just the way the letters are kind of shaky and then the black uh, voice box. There's something about that black voice box that just... Yeah, with the white letters. Looks yeah. cool. And he says, quiet. You risk waking Shikaru with his nasty red teeth. <laughs> so then he says, you risk waking your judgment. 
And then Electra apparently knows this guy. He's Macabre the Blind, the Truth Sayer. And Wolverine's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Then the guy starts yelling. He goes, your words have the tenor of fear. Does the truth terrify you? You ghost who walks as a woman. You animal who walks as a man. Okay, can I? Walk like a man. Talk like a man. A little Frankie Valley for you there. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I get you animal who walks as a man. He's referring to Wolverine. Yeah. So you ghost who walks as a woman. Yeah, I just told you that Electra was died and brought back to life. He's basically saying you shouldn't be alive. Right? You're really a dead person. She's the ice princess. <laughs> She's dead. Undead. Re, re not dead anymore. Reanimated. Yeah. So Wolverine starts growling and Electra tries to hold him back. We find out that Shikaru the Mute, so he has lots of different names. (laughs) He's Shikaru the Mute, he's Judgment, Shikaru the Wraithful, Shikaru the Wounded. His birth certificate was full. He will not turn unless provoked by trespass, but if he does, if he does, this guy's super dramatic. (laughs) Once Shikaru locks eyes with an enemy, they may flee, but there is no peak to which his range will not build a road. So basically, you make eye contact with the guy. He won't turn you to stone like Medusa, but he will track your soul all the way to the gates of hell to kill you. So this guy's still just, he's he's preaching about Shikaru, the wonderful... (laughs) Okay, so... And Wolverine picks up a rock. I saw that and was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, you knew what was coming. I, I really it. like this panel of Wolverine throwing the rock. Because you get some light blur in it. It looks really cool. No, my favorite part is after he throws the rock and you see the monster look towards them, Wolverine goes, right here. Yeah, and he, point, he gets the I'm, wa- I'm watching you thing with his two fingers pointing at his eyeballs. Like, so he hey, throws look at the me. rock at Shikaru's head. Uh, Shakira's head. My hips won't lie. (laughs) Yeah. So his eyes don't lie. Anyway, he turns around like, what? (laughs) And that's when Wolverine goes right here. So I really like this because obviously it's it's funny. It's awesome. It's very Wolverine, but it's also like, it kind of mirrors the earlier moment of badass we had with Electra. Because, you know, earlier Electra's like, all right, come, come and get it. Right. With her fingers, and now Wolverine's like, all right, right here with his fingers. Well, and you get a double snicked. Yes. No, but I really like this panel, though. We get a nice, awesome double snicked as Shikaru, the terrible, is coming his way. I really like the other guy, uh, Shikaru's claws, too. So anyway, Wolverine and him are going to go toe-to-toe. Then we can get one of the best pages we've had in a long time, this Honestly, this should have been the cover. Yeah, I, I thought this. You had uh, texted me or called. Uh, yeah, you texted me or emailed me. I don't remember. And said that you thought there was a better page. There was a better cover than the cover we had. And when I read it, I was like, okay, this is a page she meant. But um, basically, Wolverine going at Chikaru. And Chikaru, like, looking at him. And he's kind of got his big claws out. Wolverine's got his claws out. No, no, it's just a really, really awesome panel. And there's no words on it. I mean, you have the sound effect, the jacram, but there's no dialogue. It's just a nice, clean page. It's awesome. Then we get a nice, I really laughed at this line. The blind guy, who's the true satyr, he says, I have never mourned the loss of my eyes. 
and the exodus they undertook, which that's weird. Didn't his eyes go somewhere else? But he says, but I believe I would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy basically calls out a lecture. He says, y'all are here to mess up this resurrection, but you don't know why you're doing it. Fisk is your enemy. Don't you want to see him tested? And Lecture is like, not by him. And the guy's like, him? You spread Fisk lies like a pestilence. Your tongue tickles my ears with their filth. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Um, and Electra pulls out her side and says, you are the liar. And he's like, dude, truth sayer? <laughs> and he doesn't say it quite like that, but that's the gist. He goes, all right, well, go. Go look. Show that I'm a liar. And then you may judge. So Electra stalks off. And then uh, we get some more Wolverine fighting the big hulking Makaru, the stinky. I'm up making up that adjectives for him. But um, I think this page also has one of the, there's so many good one-liners, but this this page has a good one-liner on it. Does it? Well, it says. Oh, at the bottom. At yeah. the bottom. Yeah. So anyway, we get a little, uh, some insight, some good character development from Wolverine. Uh, first of all, the art in his uniforms being tortoise reds, which, all right, so, yeah, Wolverine has a healing factor, but it looks like, <laughs> throughout the rest of this page, and the way the uniform is tearing, this guy has giant claws, but the wounds don't look that, they don't look proportionate to this guy's claws. They look like Wolverine's getting cut with his own claws. Well, that's a possibility. I mean, it seems like one of these claws would literally cut Wolverine in half. Maybe not he's like just give him dodging scratches. it really well. Yeah, and I'm sure he is, and that makes sense, and it fits. It just kind of struck me that he looked like he's fighting Sabretooth and not a guy whose claws are half the size of his body. <laughs> anyway, it says, we, we spew sounds of hate and hurt, and we tear each other apart. Healing factor or not, this is the kind of fight that leaves scars. Neither one of us is going to be the same. That's around the time I lock eyes with them, and that's when I notice it. The son of a bitch is smiling. Takes me a second to realize I am too. I really like this. The panel is almost a little too, like, big smiley face for me. But I like the idea of it, and it's, it still looks cool, so it's okay. Kind of like, I don't know, Wolverine's a little Joker-ish. <laughs> yeah, but I think it kind of leads to Wolverine's smartassery. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, anyway, we have the... Oh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed or knew. Uh, the hand ninjas that have been reanimated, when they die, they turn to dust. When they... So, after they... Uh, what? So, if, it, if they've been killed and their body brought back to life by the dark magic of the hand... Then once that reanimated ninja dies, it just crumbles into dust. Okay, so the right. second time they so, die. Yeah, so that's why no... he's picking up just empty clothes and there's like little smoke coming out of them. Okay. That's all the dead ninja remains. Gotcha. And by the way, we get, you know, I had speculated last time whether this arbiter, when he put the radio or the hot lava blood on him, if yes. he had turned into one of the guys at the end. And now we know that I was wrong. He did not. Wrong. Yeah. So, bomp, bomp, bomp. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, this guy who's in charge, he's like, my, you are quiet, aren't you? And Electra comes up behind him and sticks a sigh under his neck and says, the body. And we get another black voice. You're too late. She's already gone. And we're kind of scratching our heads here. At least I she? was. Yeah, she. Bullseye's not a she. So then I, I really like this panel. She actually... See all these claw marks on Shakiru, and he throws Wolverine into a wall. 
And Wolverine talks about how there's a part of him that would rather kill than think. And I really, I do like this part. He says, used to believe that part of me was inexhaustible, that no one could tussle with it long enough to find his end. I was wrong. There's nothing left. He's taken it all. I almost want to say thanks. Then this guy just smashes Wolverine into the ground with a thud. And Wolverine's obviously knocked out. Anyway, it kind of gives some credence. I mean, Wolverine is practically immortal. Right. And he's been alive forever. And nothing can really kill him. And it's almost like a, a sigh of relief. as like, oh, well, maybe this guy will actually do me in. Or at the very least, he's fought me to the point that I don't want to fight anymore. Which is not something that is characteristic of Wolverine. So he's almost relieved that he's either going to at least get some rest. Right. <laughs> and the guy, Shakiru, yells in his victory. And Electra says, Bullseye's body, where is it? And the guy's like, Bullseye? What use would the Arbiters have for a deranged assassin? And Electra's like, duh, to test the Kingpin. <laughs> and the guy's like, ha! And then he, it dawns on him that Kingpin made up a story for Electra. And he's like, oh, I see. That's how I won your allegiance, yes? By promising you revenge? How cunning. He may prove himself worthy to lead the hand yet. And then we switch to Kingpin's headquarters in New York. And there's been a security breach. And someone calls a Kingpin to say, Mr. Fisk, Elantra, and Wolverine. And Kingpin finishes her sentence. Have failed because he knows the killer is here. And the killer kicks in the door and Kingpin says... Sorry, I'll have to call you back. And we get a zombie woman, Wilson. And Kingpin says, my wife is here. And he hangs up the phone. So, um, pretty interesting little twist here. I'm not going to lie. I was buying the Kingpin story. We're having I mean, a Walking Dead crossover. Okay, so I do have a... All right, well, let, me, let me talk about the, the switcheroo here first and the little the story twist. So I actually had to go back and look through issue number six to make sure that only the kingpin ever talked about Bullseye. Because I wasn't, I couldn't remember if the hand talked about Bullseye or not as part of their plan, and they didn't. They just said the body. And when kingpin's talking to the hand, they never say, we're going to send Bullseye after you. They just say, we have the body, is coming after you. Now, knowing what we know, it makes sense. It's actually a very clever conversation. It even makes sense why he's so pissed off and is so rough on the ninjas, because someone has desecrated his wife's body. Right. And of course, you may not know, but his wife was killed. She had basically just kind of driven into the grave by the stress of being married to the kingpin. So and there was a time where he tried to give up being a criminal because she asked him to, but it didn't really last. And she just kind of got sick, basically, over... Okay, so she didn't kill herself. I don't think so, no. I think she just died from just kind of being a broken... Like, her spirit was broken, and she just kind of died. Okay. And not only that, but there's been times in recent history, I guess, kind of like in Walking Dead, though it came first, where her kind of apparition has served as the kingpin's conscious, where, like, he thought he saw her, or he talked to her, but she wasn't really there. Okay. And he would talk to, like, her corpse. So anyway, that, that, that was a really big twist. I did not see it coming. I was expecting a fight between uh, Wolverine, Electra, and Bullseye. And, you know, so a few questions. A, I guess this must be a different form of resurrection, because usually, like, when the hand resurrects people, they don't look so zombie-ish. 
Yeah, she looks. She looks more. But no, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm gonna back out. I'm gonna retract what I just said. Court reporter, please strike that from the record. Done. Um, usually, when they reanimate people, it's pretty quick after they they've been dead. So when they brought like Electra back, she had just died. So there was no decomposition in her body. So she had the body she had. Vanessa Fisk has been dead for a while. So when they bring her back, I guess it makes sense. She well, has, now what's a while? I mean, column book time is shaky, but I would say a while. Okay, well, then there should be way more decomp. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really know. It's In real life time, it's been several years. But in comic book time, I don't know, a couple of months maybe. Okay. Maybe less. I don't know. Okay. Just, they, Roll they, with it. Comic book time is very fast and loose. Okay. Gotta have, yeah, he's got to go with it. Anyway, it makes sense, that, though, that she would have some level of decomposition. So, I guess kind of when the hand resurrects somebody, you get what you get wherever the body is at that time. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. I think Kingpin's about to throw a fit. It also makes sense, though, because then the test is not can he beat Bullseye, which is a good test, that he can be better than one of the better, one of the top-tier assassins. But that's just a test of physical strength. This is actually a test of, does he have what it takes to be ruthless leader of the hand? Will he kill his own wife's body? Well, if he can separate. I mean, she's coming at him with two sickles. Yes. Well, she, she intends to try to kill him. But can he, who's obviously still in love even with his wife's apparition, can he bring himself to kill her? That's the test the hand is presenting. Baby, is, if you come to me in an apparition, you're gone. Well, she's not an apparition anymore. Okay, you she's come to me as body. a zombie, you're gone. Well, Walking Dead style, yeah, put a bullet in my head. Yeah. But, I don't know, this is a little bit different. And so we'll see what, what Kingpin chooses to do. So the other question, then, is who has Bullseye's body? I wonder if Kingpin stole it, because he knew he would have, have to have a reason for Electra to believe that Bullseye was missing. I wonder if he got the body out of the way so Electra would find an empty casket. Oh. I'm also wondering if, kind of off-panel, there was a scene that the Kingpin went to the cemetery to see his wife and saw a desecrated grave and, like, went, you know, basically sent his ninjas to track down whoever found it. And that's why the arbitrator came to him. was like, oh, yeah, I got the body. We, we, need to, we need to come to an agreement here. So I know, and I, I feel like I can spoil this okay because I kind of read Daredevil off and on. I know there's an upcoming story that teases the possibility of Bullseye, so we may see the resolution of that story in that book. I probably won't talk about it on the podcast because I don't think Wolverine is involved in it. Actually, that makes more sense because Bullseye is a Daredevil villain, so he's going to come back. It probably should be in that book and not in a Wolverine book. But No, I guess you could theoretically say the same thing about the Kingpin's wife. So, whatever. I'm just glad we're getting a good story. So, what did you think? I really liked it. I liked the banter. Especially between the truth slayer. When truth he, sayer, yeah. Truth sayer. Not slayer, sayer. <laughs> I now slay I can't truth. even say it. I'm not digging the electric character. I was kind of hoping she'd be gone by now. Nope. I was kind of hoping somebody would take a sword to her. <laughs> but that said, I did enjoy the little sort of Wolverine revelations. Yeah, and like I, insight into his character. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. And I will say... Up until the very last page where we see the guy's wife, it was a firm two claws, 
and then the zombie showed up and man i just want to give it three claws just for the zombie at the end <laughs> you do love zombies i do but i think overall i think it was great i i love this sort of aspect of which one of the different personalities of the arbitrators yeah yeah you got the guy who can't see so he just chatterbox yeah <laughs> And the guy who can't talk, so he just sort of smashes everything. Right. And the girl who doesn't have a face apparently gets people to stab themselves. Yeah. Drink the Kool-Aid. So you're going to give it three out of three claws? I'm no. Al- no? I said it almost got three claws. Okay. Because of the zombie. This one only gets two. Only two? Okay. Yeah, just because well, I can't get into Electra. If I could get into her, it would have been three I claws. like Electra. Different characters have different personalities. I don't want all my comic book characters to be personality-less, but I like that she is. It, it, I don't know. I, also have more history I just think her. she needs more clothing. <laughs> you have to go back to the 80s on that one. So. Okay, at least draw with a pair of underwear. Yeah, we're not doing that again. I'm not, you're not going to sucker me into a stupid conversation. Uh, gross. <laughs> yeah, talking about no underwear and then make squirping sounds. I was sucking you in. Sure you were. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to give it a three out of three claws again. I will agree with you on the one hand. I didn't, it didn't blow me away quite as much as number six. And I still liked it a whole, whole lot. Uh, love the art. Love the colors. Pettit did a good job on all the different kind of letter styles. I liked the story a lot. I thought there was good humor, good suspense, good action, good twist, good character insight. And actually, I, I liked the way that Wolverine kind of, in his monologue, distinguishes himself from Elektra. And I think, to me, her presence kind of shows... I think her being so cold and inhuman makes Wolverine's humanity come out even more. So I actually like that she's the way she is because it proves as kind of, or it serves as kind of the opposite of Wolverine or like the foil personality-wise. They're yin and yang. And, and, and to some degree, yeah, not completely, but yeah, to some degree. And so I like her being here for that reason. So I'm going to disagree with you on that one. But yeah, I just thought, thought it was a really good story. Really good art. I want to see how it ends. I want to see what if the kingpin passes his test or what is really passing. Is it? Yeah. I mean, is it, is it passing the test, killing his previously dead wife and retaining control of the hand? Or is passing the test for himself, choosing to keep his wife in a zombie closet like, a walking, like the governor in Walking Dead put her and, in a, and let go of the hand? Yeah, put a... <laughs> Put a sheet over her head right. and in a... No, she's not actually a zombie. She's not going to try to eat him. And I don't know Damn. if at some point... I don't... See, I don't know... There's different ways to kind of break control of the hand. So I'm sure Kingpin knows what some of those ways are. But even if he does that and he gets like his wife's personality back, she's still in a decaying body. And I'm going to assume that it would still decay more rapidly over time. I don't really know how that works. I can't venture to guess. Anyway, enough of that. So Denise gives Savage Wolverine number seven two out of three claws. And I give Savage Wolverine number seven three out of three claws. And I'm definitely looking forward to number eight. So, all right, let's move on. All right, so next up we have a little something old, something new. With all new X-Men number 14. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis. Penciled by Stuart Eminen. Eat by Wayne Van Grabager. 
Colorist is Marte Gracia. And the letter is VC's Corey Pennant. Eminem, Von Grabinger, and Gracia did the cover. And it's really nice. It's kind of a, I guess you would call this Art Nouveau background and kind of uh, browns and creams shades of that and then you have a mastermind kind of be standing behind the young jean gray holding her hand like kind of i guess tempting her or whatever very evocative of course of the beginnings of the dark phoenix saga where mastermind kind of tempted or toyed with jean gray and the phoenix power so yeah so this this cover is kind of powerful in that regard as far as what it brings up especially because the the end of the last issue, we saw young Jean Grey kind of explode in Phoenix power due to what looked like the uh, manipulations of Lady Mastermind. And plus, this is uh, as close to the coolest Mastermind has looked. So Eminem's portrayal, really good. Hey, right, so we open up with said Dark Phoenix kind of, uh-oh, redo. And we had, this looks really cool, by the way. Because she's still in her original costume. So instead of her, like, hair being on fire like we were maybe used to seeing, she still has her cowl on. And her hair is kind of on fire from underneath it. But we have fire coming out of her eye slits and smoke coming out from under her cowl. It looks really cool. And um, basically, Phoenix says, you have tampered with powers you cannot possibly control. You, Raven Darkholm, and you alone have brought the Phoenix back to Earth to punish you and all who surround you. And when you mastermind, like, come on, enough chit-chat, burn them all. And Wolverine tells young Cyclops to get everybody out, and we get a nice snicked as a young Cyclops grabs Wolverine's wrist and is like, no! And Mystique's like, kind of panicking. And Wolverine kind of just tosses um, young Cyclops off, and he's like, not again! I'm not going down this road again! And uh, Jean looks at him, <laughs> and she turns back to normal. He's like, whoa, hey, not cool, James. And Wolverine's like, whoa, what the hell? And he's about to strike her down. <laughs> I love that young Jean Grey calls uh, Wolverine James. That's really cool. And uh, Lady Mastermind's like, damn it, that was awesome. Come on. <laughs> and uh, Jean's super apologetic. She's like, oh, man, I- I'm so sorry. I was I was psychically projecting those images into the-, the bad guys' heads. I didn't mean for you to see it, too. And all the other X-Men are like, well, we saw it. Not cool. <laughs> Young Beast attacks Sabretooth and is like, Papa? <laughs> Wait, you're not my daddy. And I think it's cool that, um, you know, Gene's gambit didn't really work because everybody saw it and not just the bad guys. And we kind of show we have a more um, modern, stronger woman as um, as opposed to the, the young Jean Grey of the 60s because uh, this young Jean Grey, yeah, she walks up to Mystique and like ninja kicks her in the face. The nice high kick looks really cool. And I'm glad to see it. Glad to see that she, you know, has some fighting skills and she's not a helpless 60s comic hero woman. And then we get, and that is enough. And they turn around and it's Professor X. And he says he's come back to this time to bring them home. Do you have any idea of the damage you are doing to the world? And young Iceman's like, "Uh uh-oh. And the young X-Men are curious, especially Beast, like, how do you find us? No one knows we're here except us and... And I can't tell if he's looking over or we're just as a viewer looking over. I can't really tell what Beast's eyes are doing. But Mystique looks at Lady Mastermind. She just kind of shrugs her shoulders, like, hey... You can play this game. The Mystique shoots Wolverine, and Professor X says, and that's how you protect an image, little girl. So Lady Mastermind tried to uh, school young Jean Grey in the art of psychic manipulation. And Jean Grey's like, you! And Lady Mastermind's like, yeah? 
<laughs> he goes, I know who you are, Lady Mastermind. I know who you are. And I know who your father was. And Lady Mastermind projects an image of a older Cyclops making out with Emma Frost. And Jean just kind of stares at her, says, if you're trying to see which one of us can make the other more angry, you win. And that's awesome because she just gives Lady Mastermind like this desk there. And Lady Mastermind looks kind of scared, a little bit freaked out. And Jean says, the difference between us is you project illusions. Sure, good, convincing illusions, but I project reality. Your darkest fears, your own thoughts, the real you. And Lady Mastermind doubles over in pain as she sees herself like invalid in a wheelchair. And Madame Hydra is about to uh, shoot the young Jean Grey. She says, you X-Men have more lives than ever. But then Kitty Pride phases through the electronic gun, blowing it up in her hands. And now I like that uh, Iceman, young Iceman is fighting Sabretooth. I kind of like the way that all the different X-Men are going after Sabretooth. Kind of get to see him fight some of these characters. Or, or this version of the characters for the first time. It's pretty cool. Then Wolverine gets up. I guess he's healed from the bullet to the gut. And he says, all right, Mystique, now it's my turn. And Mystique goes, you don't even know what you're fighting about. And Wolverine said, you use these kids to cover your tracks while you tried to set up shop in Madripoor. And Mystique says, oh, okay. So you do know what you're talking, fighting about. And then a uh, young Cyclops tells Hank to switch. And it works. He's actually being a good kind of a uh, team leader. The X-Men are showing really good teamwork as a young team. So, I uh, mean, can you pride and Wolverine are good instructors after all? Uh, I mean, we knew they would be. But Beast is like, done! And he does kind of like a gymnast flip off of Sabretooth's head. And Sabretooth's like, what, wait? Or wait, what? And uh, Beast jumps over to Silver Samurai and Cy Young Cyclops explodes an optic blast right under Sabretooth's butt. And he kind of goes up in a red cloud of smoke. And then Mystique turns into uh, an old brown and yellow Wolverine. Kind of talks smack to Wolverine that he's gone soft setting up the school and all that. And Wolverine says this over. This panel, though, looks really, really cool. The two Wolverines about to face off. I know we just kind of had some of that in Age of Ultron, but um, this looks pretty sweet. So, <laughs> Kenny Pride runs up to a Hydra guy, and he's like, Hell, Hydra! And she goes, Hell, my foot! And she kicks the guy in the face. Pretty cool. And Mystique turns back to Blue Mystique and yawns and says she's tired. And Jean Grey says, You're welcome. And Wolverine says, Nice. Almost makes up for that other thing. And Sabretooth looks over and sees Jean looking at Mystique's sweeping body and Wolverine has his back to him. So he says, gotcha, runt. We get an awesome panel of mad Sabretooth about to pounce on Wolverine. And then he gets slammed by a giant ice ram. And young Iceman's like, uh, ta-da! <laughs> Do you know this guy, Professor Wolverine? You kind of look related. And apparently he uh, temporarily broke Sabretooth's back. Or maybe not, as we'll see. But Sabretooth's complaining about his back. He's like, ow, ow, ow! <laughs> Wolverine goes, he doesn't whine like that. Are you doing that to his brain? And Jean Grey says, a little bit. And he says, nice. Now put him to sleep. It's annoying. And she goes, furball? Go night night. And Sabretooth kind of lays down and says, night night. <laughs> and then so uh, Beast and Silver Samurai are fighting. And Jean can't, uh, she can't break through his, to his mind. So she decides to telekinetically start removing some of his armor to set it up for Cyclops. And Cyclops blasts him with an optic blast. And he says, good night. I'm fine. He won't go to sleep. Basically says, if you won't let Gene put you to sleep psychically, then I'm going to put you to sleep physically. And so Gene uh, starts apologizing again. She says, uh, so um, I'm really sorry about the Phoenix thing. 
And Wolverine's like, you should be sorry about not listening to me coming in here in the first place. And she says, I really wasn't aiming those thoughts for any of you. I would never do that. The young Cyclops says, you'll get better. But she says, I feel bad. You were really upset, both of you, looking at young Cyclops and Wolverine. And young Beast is like, well, okay, so how do we tell the authorities that we've kind of uh, cleared our name here? And we get a no need, we're right here. And the Avengers show up. <laughs> young Cyclops says, Listen, Alex, to his brother. I know you told us to stand down, but... And Wolverine's like, Wait, something's not... We see Lady Mastermind sneaking off into a helicopter, but Kenny Pride is already phased through the engine, so it won't start, and she punches Lady Mastermind, knocking her out. And young Iceman starts making excuses, like, Oh, I told him not to do this, but then they start, the Avengers fade into disappearing nothingness. Then <laughs> Wolverine... <laughs> Talking about Lady Mastermind's trick. Says it's not them, it's a bleep bleep illusion. Baby Mastermind and the others use it to get away. I thought that was really funny. Then he called her Baby Mastermind. And then Wolverine looks around and says, Uh oh, we're missing Sabretooth and Silver Samurai. And Gene still feels really bad. But Kitty says, It was a decent shot, you just need to practice. And Wolverine says, You all need to practice. And Iceman says, We did good. The Avengers themselves on their best day couldn't, couldn't what? From off panel. And young Iceman looks kind of scared scared and Captain America steps up and says please continue and then Havoc kind of commends him he says you guys did this not bad and uh Kitty Pride says I think it's really them this time Wolverine says it's really them and he tells Cap to put out a shield high alert thingy <laughs> He goes, Cap, put out one of those shield high alert things you do for Sabretooth and Silver Samurai. And Cap kind of cops an attitude. He says, we told you to stand down and we got this. And Havoc kind of steps up for his mutant brother. He says, they took down a Hydra terrorist cell and at the same time took down Mystique and her team of mutants before they could do whatever they were trying to do here. And Cap's like, that doesn't excuse the fact. And then Thor gets hit in the head with a big snowball. He kind of looks down and then he clenches his fist. <laughs> the young Iceman looks really scared. Gary says, oh, it is really them. And Kenny Pride says, I just told you that. Wolverine's like, we both did. He goes, oh, Mr. Thor, sir, I am so sorry. And Cap kind of comes around and says, they are an impressive team. Good work. And Wolverine says, they are the original X-Men. And I was kind of hoping to keep the kind of the tension between Cap and Wolverine, and maybe we still will, kind of to reflect the past little bit and um, Uncanny Avengers and couple other books but um cap kind of backs off he says thank you for not listening to me once again and he goes are you sure it's safe to have them here and kenny pride says no but it seems that the world is safer today because they're here so i guess that's going to have to be enough for today then having walks up to young cyclops says nicely done brother summer's brother high five <laughs> and young cyclops kind of looks at him like uh do we do that is that something we do and have it kind of looks around nervously and says no but then uh young cyclops gets a big smile and gives him a high five i'm really digging this kind of like i don't know this this brother relationship without all the baggage it's kind of like a fresh start for Havoc. You know, he kind of feels like he's lost his brother in a lot of ways because of what old Cyclops is doing right now. But young Cyclops is still kind of the brother he remembers and loves. And as far as young Cyclops is concerned, he's meeting his brother for the first time since they were separated as children. So, I don't know. And seeing this kind of new spin on the, on the relationship is very interesting. I like it a lot. So we see Maria Hill then visiting the raft later. I'm sorry, the cage, which is an extra max prison. And she's come to see Mystique 
But Mystique is gone, and we see her flying off in a shield helicopter. Then we see uh, Jean Grey sitting by herself at night on the uh, Jean Grey School bas- outdoor basketball court. She's kind of hugging her knees, and she's frowning, and she's kind of re- remembering and thinking back. Anyway, we have Jean Grey kind of thinking about what she did in a nice, like, almost full page. Um, it's almost... Well, it's very reminiscent of the opening page. We have young Jean surrounded by the Phoenix Force and the X-Men and Mystique below her scared. And she just looks really guilty. Like, we show, get a close-up of her face now, thinking about it. And she's obviously just, like, can't believe that she did this to her teammates, put them through that again, that she knows how much it hurt, how much it scared Cyclops and how much it hurt Wolverine. Because Wolverine having already been through it. So, yeah. But it also looks like um, young X-Men are, are evolving a little bit growing up some so that's cool Jean is not you know she kind of was a little petulant when she first got her new mental powers the last couple of issues and she's kind of like realizing it's finally kind of sinking in that she has to really like train if she wants to be effective and not hurt the one she cares about so that's really cool yeah all right well this book is great love it art's great I still contend that Eminem and Grobinger make an awesome awesome team Marte Gracia back on the book colors look amazing Especially during stuff when powers are being used, like the Phoenix power or Jean using her uh, telekinesis. Get really nice colors and all that. But the colors are great through the whole book. Letter did a good job. Different uh, people had kind of different letters. I always liked that. Um, and of course, the story and dialogue by Bendis was amazing. Get great character development in both the young X-Men. And uh, you get kind of insight into how much it still hurts Wolverine to think about losing Jean the first time around. And um, I don't know. It's a really great issue. Book's still kind of at the top of my list. Now I'm going to give all new X-Men number 14 a very unsurprising, very predictable 3 out of 3 clause. Alright, well, let's keep going. Okay, so up next we have Astonishing X-Men number 64. Written by Marjorie Liu. Art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Colors by Chris Peter. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Uh, cover by Phil Noto. And this cover has Mystique stepping on a freezing Wolverine. He's got little icicles in his chin and his hair and his nose on his eyebrows. And she's she's got her foot on his back holding an ice spear. And in the background we have a frozen Statue of Liberty. Kind of a world after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow meets a frozen planet of the apes. <laughs> It's a, it's a decent cover. Gets the job done. Alright, so we know that we have Apocalypse Iceman is turning the world to ice. He's tired of being a nobody or whatever. And so that's what he's doing. So when last we left, he had ag- turned into a giant Iceman and stepped on Wolverine. So now he's fighting the X-Men. Wolverine's cutting at him. And the X-Men are cooperating. Kitty's trying to appeal to Bobby to stop. And Iceman's giant Iceman is yelling at her. Said, I thought you might appreciate a new me. Bigger and stronger than Piotr. Wouldn't you agree? Or are you missing my sensitive side? Because I can give you that. And Iceman is pissed. And he talks about all the power he has. And we get a really cool panel where Gambit is standing against his foot. And he has this big pinkish purple glow around him like his power I mean, he's basically like charging up Iceman's foot 
and then he blows like a big chunk out of it and giant Iceman falls down. Kenny tries to phase into Iceman to grab the, uh, the little bit of apocalypse power that's in there. And she says, it's pulsing like a heart. And when she tries to grab it, I guess it shocks her or something. But it also shocks Iceman. And Iceman starts to kind of fall apart. But Kenny phases out and she's kind of unconscious. So the X-Men run to get her. And we get a little flashback of when Dark Beast stuck the Apocalypse power in Iceman's back. Because the ice was the only thing that could protect it. And it was burning a hole in his hand. And now Wolverine and Gambit are interrogating Dark Beast in their little prison cell. And he's taking a dump, reading the paper, answering their questions. <laughs> so he says, under normal circumstances, I will continue to prevaricate. I guess that means procrastinate. But prison, I dare say, has made me a new man. I have better things to do, and I'm doing them right at this moment as he's a... Uh, popping his squat on the prison toilet there. So he admits to sticking a fragment of unmentionably terrifying power inside Bobby Drake's back. And the results are proving to be quite fascinating. And then he kind of challenges Gambit. He says, have you really purged all the Apocalypse power from your system? The unfortunate second personality that Apocalypse embedded in you? And Wolverine says, yeah, we already know, and then he's messed up and taken over. The question is, can you take the fragment of the power out? And Dark Beast says, well, we'll have to see. And we get little shots around the world of people freezing where they shouldn't be freezing. And we see Thor floating next to the Statue of Liberty. That's a really cool shot. Art, again, by uh, Walter, really fits this story. Especially all the angular eye stuff. Suits his uh, style really, really well. Then uh, Bobby goes to confront his dad and tells him that he's in the snow and all the ice. He's kind of like a god. And then his dad throws a snowball in his face and says, Hey, God, stop being a jackass and help me clean this driveway before I break my neck. And then they argue some more. And uh, basically, Bobby decides he doesn't need a dad if his dad's going to treat him like this. They talk about how they've never gotten along. Bobby's dad has never appreciated him, so he starts to freeze his dad's chest inside, or his heart inside his chest. And his mom runs out and's like, help him, Bobby, please. And he grows some ice wings. Kind of, you know, archangel symbolism there. And he starts to move off on an ice slide. And he's like, no. And, he, and his dad says, you, you're doing this to me. And Bobby says, you had a cold heart already, Dad. I just made it even colder. And then he passes out in his mom's arms and Iceman slides off. Then the Mystique goes inside a giant ice cave where Lorna and Annie are in uh, big warm sleeping bags where they're still knocked out. And it turns out that one of these ice drones have been running around is a nice ice drone. And basically we find out that to try to protect Bobby, that his soul, this... Apocalypse power is basically killing him from the inside out. And to try to preserve his soul, some of the different little ice drones represent fragments of his original personality that are trying to survive and hide from the giant ice monster. And Mystique goes, and what's that? A midlife crisis? The world as his little red Corvette? Thought that was a really good line by Marjorie Lou. And the, ice, the little ice drone says, death. Bobby Drake is dying, the man he was, his soul, is being eaten alive and doesn't even know it. And then he kisses Mystique. 
And he says, he loved you once, genuinely, without reservation. That doesn't have to matter to you, but it mattered to him. Pretty soon, though, he won't be capable of loving anyone ever again. He'll be dead inside, and when that happens, the whole world will die with him. Ice forever. And Mystique says, I can't save him. He's like, I know. <laughs> but then the ice giant finds him and picks him up in a giant ice fist. This, by the way, looks awesome. Walter's ice stuff looks amazing. I think I already said that, but it's true. So... He tries to appeal to the bad ice man, but the bad giant ice man says, Enough! I'm done with you. I'm done with all the voices of my past. And Mystique says, Even me? Hey, Bobby, I like the new look. She says, But it's missing something, me. And giant ice man's like, You have nothing I need. And she goes, Ah, that's not true. You don't want to be alone. And I want to feel this power of the god, too. I want to be on your side. And he wraps her up in a giant, like, ice spear, but I guess one that she can breathe in. Maybe it has its own little atmosphere, I guess. Because he takes her into space on a giant pillar of ice. Or he says, there won't be any, anyone left behind for you to take and, like, use this power over. And Mystique says, no, I know you. You won't kill everybody because deep down you still hate being alone. And I gotta say, though, this ice man with giant wings of ice in space looks pretty awesome. And they talk about how Wolverine and Gambit are talking, or no, I guess Wolverine and some of the other X-Men, talking about what the Apocalypse power does, and then it changes you. It makes you suit the purpose of Apocalypse, which is to evolve and kill. And they, the X-Men decide, unless they can get that thing out of him, there is no hope. He's freezing the damn planet like an ice cube, Wolverine says. We're all going to die, and he doesn't have to lift another finger. He can just wait us out, but he won't. He's angry at us. Um, and Gambit says, it looks like he's playing solitaire on the ground. I thought that was a really nice touch. He's got all his cards out. And they talk about how in the other universe, Dark Beast was able to create a machine to extract the Apocalypse power. And they're, uh, they're going to let him try to build one here in this universe. So he's at Hitachi Tech. Or, I thought it was Hitachi. This says Hachi. So he's at Hatchy Tech right now with S.H.I.E.L.D. agents guarding him. And Kitty Pride like, uh, that's the worst plan ever. <laughs> and Gambit says, there are no good plans. Bobby has anger at us. Some parts of him feels betrayed. And Kitty's like, betrayed? We never betrayed him. And Gambit says, grow up, Cherie. We're a family. Families hurt each other all the time. Trust me, I know that better than you. Thor shows up with thunder and lightning and he's yelling for Robert Drake. Wolverine looks up in the sky and goes, Oh, hell, when I called the Avengers, I wanted the sane ones to come. And so Thor is challenging Iceman, and a really cool-looking giant ice dragon swooshes up and swallows him. And we get a bunch of, like, snowmen with Mystique. And the uh, Mystique points to the X-Men, and the snowmen shoot giant ice spears through Wolverine, and then he's frozen in a block of ice. And then... We switch over to the uh, Hachi Tech lab, and it's frozen through this floor, and all the shield guards are frozen, but a dark beast jumped up, I guess, and was able to avoid it. So he's like, oh my. <laughs> Not stars and garters, just oh my. So we see the ice dragon moving around, and he fights Thor. And it's kind of a good fight for a second, but then Thor just gets swallowed in ice. And basically he's being frozen. And then Opal tries to appeal to him, but she's just lied to Bobby her whole life, and she tries to apologize. 
And he says, it's too late to apologize. I wasn't good enough for you. Am I good enough now? Oval? So basically what we see is, in spite of all this massive power, Bobby's just basically giving into his dark side and throwing a massive temper tantrum. And then he gets shot through the chest with Thor lightning. And Thor says, have at thee! As he crushes him with a hammer. Because he shrinks down to talk to Opal. I guess I should have mentioned that. And Thor thinks he won, but then he gets stabbed through the chest. Possibly the heart with a nice shuck of an ice spear. And Mystique walks over and picks up the remnant of the Apocalypse power and swallows it. So that's a nice little twist at the end. Alright, so I guess we're going to see Apocalypse Mystique next issue so i thought that was pretty good um the art really fit iceman's going crazy and mystique gets the apocalypse power yeah definitely interested to see what happens next i think it says to be concluded so there's one more part to this story i'm kind of on the on the edge of a two and three but i think i wanted to see what happens to mystique i thought the art was really good I am going to give it a light 3 out of 3 claws. It's on the edge, right on the razor claws edge. I'm going to give Astonishing X-Men number 64 3 out of 3 claws. Alright, moving on. Alright, so next up we have Where's Logan? In this episode, he is in Avengers 15 and 16. So a double shot of Avengers. 15 is written by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer. The art is by Stefano Caselli. The colors are by Frank Martin and Edgar Delgado. The letters are by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the cover is by Lineal Francis Yu and Sonny Go. And on the cover we have Cap, Black Widow, and Falcon screaming over uh, Black Widow's cleavage. No, something is hurting their ears very badly. And, um, her cleavage is pretty front and center, but it's still a pretty nice cover. Or maybe because of that, it's a nice cover. I don't know. But I like the cover. I like the way Falcon looks, particularly. Alright, so this chapter is called... Oh, this is a prelude to infinity. And this chapter is called Sent and Received. So the Avengers have gone to the creation site of the creation bomb or whatever. And they're fighting giant bugs, a la Starship Troopers. And they're conversing with Dr. Banner and say, okay, now they found the site. What do they do about it? We switch over and see some havoc on AIM Island. And a giant robot receives a signal from the bug butts. Thor lightning strikes the signal and the Avengers win. Yay! Well, except for the fact that the giant robot received the signal and now heads for Australia where the Avengers are. So Wolverine was literally in one panel. But I give number 15 two out of three claws. It was... Pretty good little uh, story there. Alright, so number 16. Also written by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer. Art again by Stefano Caselli. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the cover again is by Lineal Francis Yu and Sunny Go. And this one's a big close-up of the Hulk's face. And he looks mad. Kind of dark. Like lots of shadow. Pretty cool cover. I like how the Avengers logo is in green too. This chapter is called To the End. And basically we have um, Adam, who is the new first man made by the uh, Builders, talking to the Starbrand character and training him. They're being held in some prison by the sun. Captain Universe tells Eden to go tell the Avengers they need to get bigger. They're not prepared for what's coming. We see that the giant robot 
was coming from AIM Island, and he's heading towards the Avengers. Dr. Banner loses his cool, turns into the Hulk. Really like Caselli's Hulk. Actually, Caselli's art in both of these issues is really good. Really like his Thor, too. <laughs> so we get a nice Avengers assemble with Wolverine next to Captain America and all the other Avengers. And we find out as this guy, this uh, Adam guy, is training Starbrand on the space station that they don't, they're not really trapped there. But they're not going to leave until he's fully mastered his powers. The giant robot wipes the floor with the Avengers. Apparently, a uh, shield at the observation station had a Hulkbuster squad ready in case uh, Banner loses his cool. So they come in and shoot at the Hulk, and he looks like he crushes them. No, we don't actually see it. Then we go back to AIM Island, and they have some kind of machine, uh, the auger. It says, it opens the door to nothing and brings things back. They're monitoring how this creature that they released on the world is destroying the Avengers and they decide they need it back. And they're going to try to bring it back to this machine. Also, give Avengers 16 two out of three claws. Both pretty solid twos. Really, you know, nice solid stories. Uh, great art, great colors in both of them. Moving along, it's a nice little uh, build up to the Infinity story that's coming, so they're both pretty good. So Avengers 15 and 16 both got two out of three claws. Okay, so that's going to do it for this episode, the first part of July 2013. Yeah, so as always, please uh, leave an iTunes review that would actually kind of help like people know about the podcast. So if you're enjoying what you hear, please uh, contribute to sharing it. I would appreciate it. And of course, if you're already listening to iTunes and you want to go to the website for show notes and stuff, that's uh, snickcast.podbean.com. Please like us on Facebook. That's, uh, you can search for the podcast that goes snicked and find the page. Or you can go right to it, facebook.com slash snickpodcast fan page. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Handle is at snickcast or uh, email snickcast at yahoo.com. So those are all the different ways you can kind of get in touch. Um, so, don't really know what I'll be next. Um, a lot of stuff coming up. We're still in the middle of uh, Japan's Most Wanted, the Marvel Infinite se- Weekly Series. Of course, we have the rest of July books to finish up. The next flashback will be the Savage Land Trilogy from uh, 1978. Wolverine goes to the Savage Land for the first time. And of course... Right around the corner here, the new Wolverine movie comes out. So there's a lot of stuff on the uh, podcast that goes nicked plate. I don't know what will be next, but something will be out sooner than later. So until you hear me again, hugs and snicks. Bye.